Welcome everyone to Over and Back. I am joined again by Evan Flood. Evan, thank you for taking the time again uh, to join the podcast. We are going to talk uh, WIAA boys state basketball um, playoff preview here. Starting up on Tuesday, right? First game's Tuesday? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, before we get into that, I want to say congratulations. You had a you had a baby boy this this past week, correct? Yeah, Tuesday. First one, right? Your first mm-hmm. your first child? First child. All right. Well, the floor is yours. How's how how has it been? <laughs> uh it's kind of broken down into two parts. You know, during the day, I, I love it. You know, there's someone else in the house. He's he's very quiet, he doesn't do much. You know, at night he becomes a little maniac and, you know, I'm I'm trying to operate on three hours of sleep uh, every day, but, you know, kind of everything, you know, they tell you about what it's going to be like to be a father. It's hard to oversell that moment, you know, when you, when you see him born into the the world, I mean, it's just so much going through you, you know, it was, you know, pretty special day for us. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. So congratulations. Um, I, it's, I'll tell you this, you'll, you're going to go through terrible twos and threes and fours and then they get, and then they get to teenagers and it's even worse because then they have attitude and personalities and all that stuff. But, um, that's like, I, that's my kids are 16 and 17. That's seems like so long ago to me. Mm-hmm. Um, your second baby, the Badgers, any, <laughs> any thoughts on the Badger game today? Yeah. Uh, it was a little expected. I think, Wisconsin played about as well as they could have in, in the first half. And I didn't think they really had much room to get better. So I expected Michigan to make a run. You expected them to kind of get their feet wet uh, after being off for 22, 23 days, you know, it took them a half to, to really settle in. And, you know, they're a bad matchup for Wisconsin too. I think, you know, you, you look at starting five and you go maybe seven deep, there's maybe one position Wisconsin has an advantage at, and that's at the point guard with, with Demetri Trice. Um, very disheartening loss, though, when, when you're up 14 at home uh, against a team that good, against, a, a, you know, with a win that, you know, they, they really needed, you know, been splitting about every every two games uh, for the past four or five weeks now. Uh, they fell to 0-4 against the top three teams in the Big Ten. They've got a really just terrible stretch coming up here where they got to play Iowa twice, uh, Illinois again, Purdue uh, on the road. So, so this was one uh, I thought they really needed to have on the, on the other hand that they had a loss like this similar last season. If you remember at Iowa, you know, there was a game after Kobe King left that they played out of their minds, you know, for probably 30 minutes and, and blew it uh, against the Hawkeyes on, on the road. And, you know, that, that turned them around. So, so, Maybe this is a wake-up call for them going into March. Uh, obviously, not going to win the Big Ten at this point, uh, barring some you know catastrophic moves within the top four. But you know, maybe this this kind of loss is similar to the Iowa one last year, where, where guys wake up and um, you know, certainly Wisconsin's front court. You know, I, I'm sure heard a lot from Greg Gard today after not getting a single rebound, and you know, maybe that maybe this turns the corner for them. I I, I don't know, but um, you know. I think it is a tough pill to swallow just because it is one they needed to have. And it'll be interesting to see how they, they respond after, you know, kind of getting the wind knocked out of their sails here, but you know, they did it last year. So same group for the most part, we'll see if they can do it again. Speaking of uh, Kobe King, where's Kobe King now? I forget what division two school he, well, he, he actually declared for the uh, G league draft and okay. get drafted. So somewhere. 
They transferred yeah. to a Division two school in Minnesota. I can't remember which one. I mean, because he went, he went. I mean, he went to Nebraska, but he never played. Obviously, right? Something happened immediately, or what? I don't even think he ever made the campus. Okay, that's right. Okay, and then yeah, didn't sign. Or yeah, he signed, but uh, yeah, never made the campus. Okay, all right. Well, let's get into it. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna hold off like right away. I was like, I was skim through D three, four, five. You know what? People want to listen to the D one probably in D two. So let's just get into D one right away. So first, let's just go first things. Um, obviously, you've got the 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 uh, sectionals broken out you know one two three four and then you've got them within you know regions obviously i'm assuming i'll either you have them memorized or you have them in front of your face maybe um any glaring thoughts right away when you kind of look through it um whether it's seeds or just kind of who's grouped where i mean i have some thoughts which we'll get to but i'm just curious and yours like if there's any kind of like teams that are somewhere that you didn't think they'd be or even ranked whatever you know both i guess it's two questions I think the the biggest, most glaring thing this year, and, and you understand why they're doing it because of the pandemic and you know trying to keep teams close together and in a pod, but there's going to be regional final games that are going to feel like state tournament games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about Kimberly Nina. I mean, that's good enough to be a state championship game. Uh, Cedarburg could could play Menominee Falls in, in the second game. That's good enough to be a, a state semifinal game. Um, you know, River Falls and Hudson, you know, could meet up in, in, in a regional final. Obviously, they, they play each other twice a year um, being in the, in the same league. But, you know, that, that's a really good game. And then, and, and of course, Brookfield Central and Brookfield East don't even get a chance to get their feet wet. And that's yeah, good enough yeah. to be a state championship yeah, game, yeah. opening the playoffs against each other. And then the winner has to go through uh, Wauwatosa East. You know, so there, there's an interesting dynamic here where, some of these teams, their hardest games could be early. Yep, and I yep. wonder if that catapults them farther or if they have letdowns later because they look and say, okay, uh, the toughest games are behind us until we get to state. So I'm interested to see, you know, how, you know, that may affect the Kimberly, Anina, Brookfield Central, Brookfield East, Cedarburg, Menominee Falls, like, like I said, Wauwatosa East, Te- teams like that who are looking at their own regional thinking, this is potentially for a state championship right, right here. Right. I was, I mean, you had a lot of teams, you know, move from D2 to D1, D, you know, D3 to D2, whatever it was. Um, you know, like West up here, I know we have, you know, actually we, sorry, because this is going to be a little bit Kimberly heavy just because my kids, my kids go to Kimberly, yeah. but um, and we don't have to be, but it'll just kind of, kind of go that way. And, and then they're one of the top teams, obviously. So, but like, you've got West up here who used to D, be D2. Now they're in D1, Kakana D2, now they're D1. And they're all in the same, you know, kind of same, um, region what i thought was interesting is you've got west appear in that sectional two and then you have depeer in sectional one you've got the two appleton schools in sectional two in sectional two and then you've got appleton north in sectional one and like it's you know and i, I know they tried to group together but it's like to me it's like well why would you not just put appleton north with east and west and put west appear with depeer you know what i'm saying yeah and i've never been a fan of some of the way things have been seated um again yeah it's hard to make it perfect with, with the amount of teams and, and with the circumstances this year. So, you know, I, I try and cut them a break, but, you know, really ever since they went from eight teams down to four, yeah, I think it's really diminished the, the tournament because there have been a lot of state championship games that have been so- decided in, in, in sectional finals. Yeah. And, you know, this year more than, more than most, you have so many unbalanced regionals, and again, you understand what they're, what they're trying to do, but, you know, I just wish they could 
find a way to, and I know seeding the whole field is impractical. You can't have Milwaukee Vincent going to Onalaska on a Tuesday night. I, I get that, but you know, I don't think it's the end of the world if a Milwaukee school has to travel to Madison or, or vice versa for a, a regional game, just to ensure that you get as many as the best four teams possible and, and the most deserving teams yeah. possible into that final four. And again, if you have eight, it gives you a little more flexibility to move things around uh, within the sectionals. But yeah, th- this year, these regionals, there's not a lot of teams that, that have cakewalks like most. And uh, again, it'll be interesting to see, you know, do some of these teams who are number one seeds and in, in lesser regionals benefit by getting, you know, two gimme games versus, uh, you know, Wauwatosa East um, Cedarburg that, you know, may have to play two games down to the wire um, just to, just to get to sectionals. And, you know, again, how, how does that affect their psyche going forward thinking the, the hardest games are behind us? I'm, I'm always just, just because it's my personality, but I'm always of the thought of like, you know, you talk about going say Milwaukee, going to lacrosse or whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm, I'm of the thought of, you know what, suck it up. It's for a week or whatever it is. Let's let's, I would love it. And I, and I get that'll never happen, but I would love it if they would rank the kids or the teams from one to whatever, and then just pop it out that way, you know? And it, it's obviously, it's a different year now. I mean, we, what, so we're missing the Madison area schools are not in it. Correct. Yeah. And then a bunch of, yeah. And then a bunch of the Milwaukee teams. So we're missing, I mean, we're missing some really, really good teams that otherwise would be here. Correct. Yeah. You know, Milwaukee King was a team. I think got hurt by this a lot. They were a, a potential, you know, state team out of that regional um, maybe, maybe be a number one overall seed in that in, in the old setup where it went one through 16, 18, whatever it was. Um, you know, Madison, I, I don't know if they had a lot within the, uh, you know, Metro school districts, Memorial East West, but you know, those are usually some about you know, might've been in contention for a one. I, I don't know, but usually some solid teams that can go into sectionals and, and cause some havoc. I, I don't know if I love making division two teams, division ones midway through the season. I, yeah. I think some teams got, really screwed by that i think actually some teams catch a big break by doing that because there's some there were some division two sectionals that were really strong and division two has been stronger than division one you know for for a while now um i don't know how you pull that mid-season i'd I'd rather just see a smaller smaller playoffs keep things the way they are rather than uh changing the the playing field and you know halfway through the season and, and all of a sudden um, what you did to that point may not matter as much. And, you know, some of the things you did and accomplished during that season kind of go out the window when, when, when you shift uh, the, the brackets around like that. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. And I think at the end of the day, given all the circumstances, whoever walks out of this in Division One through five is just going to be, you know, really have earned it. I mean, like you talk about, D- I would have loved, obviously, we'd, I think we'd both love it if Pewaukee was in D1, because I mean, that just adds another team. I just obviously you just want to get the best teams together yeah, as, po- yeah. as possible. But all right, let's, um, let's take, we'll just go sectional by sectional here. So you, you're going to know these teams, a lot of these, because you've seen these teams and kids more than I have, obviously. So I, I mean, I know the area, Fox Valley area, I know a lot of these teams, but so sectional one, um, I'm going to ask you for, I'm going to ask you for predictions. Like I'm going to ask you for what your, <laughs> what your lean is or yeah, what your, exactly. what your thoughts without getting yourself in too much trouble, I guess. Um, so sectional one, what do you, I, you don't need to give me 
one, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever. Just give, I guess, give me your overall thoughts on kind of who you're leaning towards in, in section of what are just kind of bits and pieces of what you want to kind of talk about. Yeah, that one feels kind of wide open. Yes, in, definitely. In a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I would lean River Falls just because I think they're the toughest team to match up with. Um, and, and they play in, in probably, I don't know if I'd call it the toughest conference, uh, but but I have a lot of respect for the, the big rivers and, and the grind. And if you remember last year, I think there were like six teams within two games of first. And, and you know, it, it was just a bloodbath every given night, every night. And so this is a River Falls team that's been together a while. They, they've paid their dues. They, they've got, you know, a sharpshooter and Zach Johnson uh, is going to Aug- Division Two Augustana. They got two six foot eight twin towers and the Doherty twins, um, you know, that, that give them an advantage uh, on the glass and, and size wise in this sectional. But, you know, I, I think it's razor thin when you, when you talk about the and, you know, the things Johnny Kinziger can do uh, offensively, I, I think, you know, he, he's a guy that gets a lot of the headlines, obviously, but, you know, haven't been up there and watched them play. Uh, his, his supporting cast is better than, than people think. Don't have a ton of size, but they play really well together, uh, you know, can take and, and make a lot of threes. Uh, so they can put up points on people in a hurry. And the team, I, I think that's a sleeper in that sectional. I know they're number one, but there's four number one seeds. So I, I think it's okay to call them a sleeper. But, mm-hmm. but Stevens Point, I, I went to watch them once, and, and I was really impressed uh, with the way they play. They're, they're a little bit old school in nature. They're, they're going to grind the clock. I think they, they'll make you defend for a minute, two minutes plus. Um, and they get a lot of high percentage shots. Uh, Nate Strievler, uh, their star, um, really efficient scorer. Um, guy that can score on the block, score in the mid range, hit his open threes. Uh, he, he's a guy that I think could sneak up on people in, in this sectional. And like I said, this is a team that I think it might be the best defensive team in this sectional, which, which obviously can carry people at times. I think their grinded out style, you know, could be problematic for, for a team like the pier who, who likes to get up and down the floor um, score a lot of points, um, and, and play at their pace, you know, Stevens point, you're just not going to get them out of their, out of their stuff they, they run it so well. I mean, it's just crisp passing. Those guys are really connected with each other. So, so I liked what I saw there, but I mean, I, I look at this sectional, I feel like there's five teams that could win it. Um, Hudson, I really like, and then Luke Keeley, those guys have a lot of seniors. Uh, you know, he's kind of their engine that, that makes them go, um, but he can beat people as a scorer and a facilitator. He, he, I know he puts up a lot of points, but he's got a lot of, you can see there's a lot of trust in his teammates when he plays, you know, Chippewa Falls is is dangerous as a three, again, coming out of that big rivers, you know, they're going to be battle tested. I believe they, they won the league last year, you know, Claire Memorial a little bit up and down. Uh, They're, they're a one seed too, but, but they've shown the ability to beat just about anybody on the, on their schedule. Um, you know, questioning for them, I think, is are, are they going to be consistent? Um, because, like I said, they, you know, they've had some really big wins, but they've had some losses that they probably should have avoided. And then uh, Lacrosse Central, uh, they got there was one of those teams that got a really late start to the season, mm-hmm. um, but you know they they, they have some good wins. Uh, Be- Beaver Dam uh, at their place. Beaver Dam's a one seed in Division One. Uh, very young, but very talented. I think they're probably a year away, but, you know, wouldn't surprise me if they're in a, a sectional final again. And, you know, those guys, 
weren't headline players for the Red Raiders the last three years, but a lot of those guys have been in big situations uh, before. And then, you know, another threat I think is Bayport. I like their one-two punch of Gunnar DeClean and uh, Nate Kapinski. Uh, another team that's going to be really battle tested coming out of the, uh, the Fox River Classic. You know, very good league. Uh, they've played a, a really good schedule. I, I think they can make some noise. So, like I said, I think, I think there's five, six teams that could walk out of there and uh, advance to state. And I, I would give River Falls the edge, but but I think it's very close. I don't think there's a ton of separation between one through. You know how I'd rank the one. Uh, the five best teams. Sure. So I know this, it, it's a team game, right? So out of that sectional, who are our, who are the, I mean, I know, cause we haven't mentioned Appleton North who's got Max Nelson is I'm just looking at, if we're just looking at individual players on these teams, cause you mentioned the, I think the falls guys, I didn't, I didn't know any of these falls guys and where any of these guys are going, where, what other, what, in that sectional one, where do we've got, what kind of scholarship players do we have? This is going to be a theme. I'm going to talk about scholarship players as we go on kind of throughout this, but like, you know, Max Nelson's at Appleton North. We've got, you know, Kinzinger at De Pere. Um, who, who else is, is in that sectional? That's kind of high level talent. Uh, whether, or not, whether or not their team's good. Okay. Uh, you know, after, after those two, uh, I would probably put uh, Joe Reeder, Chippewa Falls is, you know, the next best prospect just off the top of my head, at least right now. I think he's going to be a really good player for, for Hillsdale. They do a good job of recruiting Wisconsin. I mean, he's a legit 6'5", 6'6", sweet shooting wing, um, putting up about 26 points, eight rebounds, six assists per game. Uh, I like the way he plays a lot more than just a shooter, really well-rounded kid. Um, you know, million bugs, Wausau West. I, I think I have him in the top 30 of the 2022 class right now. He's just a big, strong athletic wing just you know lives around the rim he's, he's having a, a nice breakout year for Wausau West at about 17 points per game um, and then he's he's quite the athlete a, a guy that I think could continue to blow up uh, Noah Federson from Menominee uh, another guy I, I like and has shown a lot of flashes uh, going back to last spring you know a six foot eight athletic bouncy forward uh, kind of a budding perimeter skill set you know, not putting up, uh, you know, major numbers. I think he's at about 14 points, six rebounds per game. Um, but uh, he, he's a guy that, that flashes a, a ton, and I think he's going to be way better in, in a year. Uh, we talked about Luke Healy at Hudson. He's going to, uh, it's blanking, Sioux Falls. Uh, Grant Flory, Wisconsin Rapids. I mean, he's been doing it for, for three years, uh, putting up big numbers. And, you know, this season's no different. You know, versatile, strong forward, gets about 24 points, eight rebounds, three assists per game. Does a good job of, of really scoring inside out. You know, a couple guys I don't want to leave out here, Parker Lawrence, Hortonville, can, can obviously, you know, go off on people. He, he's had a you know, really under-the-radar career in the Fox Valley uh, Association. He'll be at St. Norbert's next year. Will Bozer's having a, a breakout season as a junior. Uh, he just picked up a Division II offer from Fairmont State, and he's putting up 23 uh, points per game. I, I think having one of the bigger breakout seasons uh, in, in the state this year. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Parker Lawrence. He hit like five. He was. We had a close game against Hortonville on Tuesday this past week. Lawrence hit like five threes in a row in the first half. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was kind of fun to watch. Um, okay, so if you had to make a pick, section one, what's your pick? I, I'm I'm gonna go River Falls. Okay. I just think 
They've got maybe the – I don't want to call him the best player, but, um, you know, a, a guy that I think – I like senior guards and when, when it comes to playoffs. I think they'll often go – or their teams will go as far as they take them. You know, Zach Johnson, a uh, really lethal score. And, and then when you put them with two six eight forwards – we can kind of go hunt down his misses, uh, guys that are long athletes and make it they make teams play inside out. Uh, I think they're going to be the the toughest team to beat in, in the end. But uh, I, I like Depira. I like Stevens Point too. I, I would definitely, you know, I have a hard time picking against those two teams in this sectional. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go Depira. I'm gonna trust my boy Johnny um, to bring him there. No, Depira. I tell you what, man, this is, I said this, this podcast was going to be tough for me because I had to edit myself before I talk about kids and stuff like that in certain ways. But like yeah. they've had some, like they lost to Oshkosh West. No offense to Oshkosh West, but Oshkosh West is not a good team. They're the bottom, towards the bottom of the FBA and they lost to Oshkosh West. They had some bad losses, had some good wins, I'm gonna, but I'm going to take the pier. I think lacrosse central, you mentioned before, I think lacrosse central is, is a sneaky team that could get there. Um, like you said, they didn't, they missed a lot of their season. So they started late. So who knows how that affects them? Um, but uh, but I I, I kind of like them, so I'll, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Depeer. Uh, we're gonna skip. We're gonna end with sectional two. Sorry, just because Kimberly bias here. We're gonna we're gonna end we're gonna end with sectional two, and well, let's move to sectional three. Um, same thing. Let's I mean, you know, quickly just kind of go through uh, any any kind of glaring seating miss seedings at all, or or what kind of stands out to you. I, I would say. It, it, I, I like the way it's seated for, for the most part. Um, I, I don't have any bones to pick, you know, maybe the, the top of that uh, def, uh, Sun Prairie as a three feels really sneaky. Another team that, that started late. Uh, they, they've got maybe the best player in that regional in, in that little pod and, and the best prospect in that pod as well. They got a freshman by the name of Cole Hansen, uh, who I think is going to be a really good player in, in the 2024 class. And then their stars, Ben Olson, uh, who I really like, and, and I think can carry them a, a long way. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's hard with their resume to give them a, you know, one or two over Wanakee and DeForest, but, you know, I, I think some prairies every bit as good as, as, uh, as them based on what they've done so far and based on, you know, the players they have other than that, you know, I, I you know, Ford Atkinson is, as a two, I, I don't know much about them, but you know, that did kind of surprise me. I thought Jamesville Craig uh, had, had, or excuse me, Jamesville Parker had, had a really good year. Yeah. Ford Atkinson nine and five. Uh, I'm kind of pulling up their, their resume. I got to be careful what I, what I say. Cause Mike Hintz was my old high school coach actually. <laughs> uh, Fort Atkinson <laughs> now, but uh, yeah, that, that kind of uh, caught my attention. And, um, you know, they, they did pick up, I believe, a nice win over Elkhorn early in the season, but Elkhorn never really materialized in, into what we thought they were going to be. So I thought Parker was probably more deserving uh, for a two at 16 and eight. Um, and, and they played a really loaded schedule. They got a win over Monroe, which is a really good win. Um, uh, they took Edgerton down to the wire as well. Edgerton's having a, a great season. They've got a win o- over Beaver Dam, tight loss to DeForest, who's the number one or a number two seed, tight loss to Wanakee, who's a number one, tight loss to Martin Luther, who, who I believe is a number two in Division Three. So they've played some people and, and certainly held their own. I, I probably would have put Parker as the two there. 
um, in, in uh, that pod with where Milton's the number one. Um, yeah, like these teams, I don't, I'm, I'm not completely familiar with. I know, um, uh, what's his name from um, uh, Waukesha West? Cameron. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, are they the favorites in this? Are they the favorites in this? Sexual. They would be my pick. Uh, I think they are the best team coming out of the best league. Again, I, I like senior guards and in February and March. And, you know, he's just had a, a phenomenal season for, for them. Uh, really put, put Waukesha West on, on, on his back at, at times. Um, and, and he shows up in the biggest games. You know, you never have to worry uh, about that kid. You know, I love his mid-range game, so efficient in the 16 to 18 foot area, just knows how to get to his spots, know how to set defenders up. Um, and, you know, he can be just as lethal as a point guard too. And, and just finding guys, he's played with these guys. It's not a great supporting cast, but he's played with these guys for a long time. He knows where they're going to be um, very in tune with each other. And, you know, some of these guys like Cal Crone, Peter Skogman, uh, they got another senior that, that made some big plays for them when I got to see them as well. These guys can can hit shots. They're not afraid of the moment. Um, you know, they, they kind of took their lumps a little bit last year when I think they went 12 and 11, 13 and 11, but they were way better than they were supposed to be. If you remember that Waukesha West team from two years ago with David Skogman, Chris Breedy, Rocky Martinez, uh, you know, they were loaded a team that got upset, you know, could have maybe won a state title in, in division one, got upset in the section finals. They lost everything last year. And plus he really held it together well. And, and now they're, they're kind of in the finishing stages of this run here. So, so they're really battle tested, been around the block. They've won together, lost together. And, and again, I think, you know, best team right now who's played in the best league being the classic eight and, and won it. Yeah. I think they are a favorite, but I, I wouldn't call them an overwhelming favorite. Sure. Um, obviously you've got, you know, we, Milton who was Milton's normally was D2, right? So they're up to D1 this year. Yep, yep. So that's, you know, that's Jack Campion, correct? Yeah. Uh, saw them uh, against Janesville Craig. Uh, they're, they're really impressive uh, offensively when they defend they're, they're a very scary team because they're, they got you know, the fastest guard in the state, in my opinion. I, I don't even think it's debatable. Um, at least with the ball in his hands and, and Campion and they're just kind of a get it and go offense. And, you know, he's so fast and they surround him with a lot of shooters. You kind of have to pick their poison. I mean, they're a team that can run up 80, 90 points on you in a hurry. If they're really going for, from the outside. Um, so they'll go as Campion goes and, you know, I've been a big fan of his, I think I'm going to move him into the top 10 of the class of 2022 player rankings here uh, after the season. Uh, I really like the way they're playing. Again, I, I think the X factor for them will be on the defensive end. I, I know they can score. Um, don't necessarily have a lot of size. Uh, don't necessarily, you know, with the, with the pace they, they play at, you're obviously susceptible to, to giving up a lot of easy buckets as well. So, uh, but, but they're, they are a scary number one, team i think you know in terms of who i, I would not want to see uh they would be I, I think the most difficult team to match up with just based on, on their style and personnel and, and what they do uh because they're they're just one of those teams they can they can probably beat anybody on any given night with the way they can score uh and the way they make teams pick their poison um okay and then you've got i, I guess maybe i don't i don't i've never seen milton play i know i've seen jack campion play obviously but it sounds like they're kind of 
similar to Hamilton with Rush. I mean, they're very, you know, Hamilton's Rush heavy, right? I mean, Rush, they do what Rush does, I, even though I know they've got a lot of good players. But like for the most part, when you see them beat like good teams, it's because Rush had like 30 or 40 points. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, that's another scary team. Just like like you mentioned, uh, you know, that, that's a kid that can go off on people. Uh, and it doesn't matter the opponent. I mean, he's torched Menominee Falls. He's torched Brookfield East. Uh, he, he's really proven his worth since Patrick Baldwin Jr. went down. And uh, the last time I, I saw them, or last two times, I think they pretty much were running everything through him. And mm-hmm. it's not the typical Sussex Hammond. Hamilton team uh, that, that will get up and down the floor. I mean, they, they were a lot more patient, you know, they, it was obvious they wanted Resch taking the majority uh, of, of the shots, but, but, you know, for them to go deep, I think they're going to have to find something else. Uh, yep. that, that guy, in, in my opinion, uh, is probably Luther Smith, the sophomore guard. Uh, he is a, a real confident kid, um, good shooter, not great positional size, kind of an undersized two guard. I believe he's under six feet. Uh, so, so he's got some limitations, but, but he's a kid that, you know, has a knack for scoring the ball. He, he's putting up 15 points per game and, you know, he got a lot of experience with them last year off the bench uh, on a team that was really good. And then I think if Nolan reader, uh, their senior post uh, can, can deliver some consistent play, uh, not just offensively, but but some of the bigs he's going to be matched up with defensively. I, I think that could be a game changer for them. I, I don't know if they have what it takes to make it to state. All, all I know is I would hate to be matched up <laughs> against them. And uh, I think, you know, they, 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 they can beat anybody in this sectional with, with, without a doubt. That was a really, I think I messaged you that day. Cause I don't, I was actually surprised you didn't show up in Kimberly when Kimberly, when we played Sussex, um, it was a really, really weird game we we throttled them. I mean, I think we were up like yeah. 30 at, at halftime. Rush didn't, did, did, couldn't get anything off really. Um, which is a tribute a lot to uh, Owen Polakowski, who we always have to talk on the, about Owen on the podcast. <laughs> um, um, but like Luther Smith was in, I mean, he got, he got called for some really, really ticky tack fouls. I mean, he was in foul trouble immediately. So it kind of changed the game a little bit, but um, that game surprised me. I, I thought it was going to be obviously a close game, um, but they, but they, it's reality. They go by for the most part, they go by rush. Uh, Arrowhead. I don't know anything about Arrowhead. Tell me a little bit about Arrowhead. They, they got a really nice one-two punch in, in Sam Heitman, a senior wing, and, and Mac Recchi, who I have is uh, number three sophomore uh, in the state. And, and then uh, they're a little reliant on this freshman, Bennett Bache, who's kind of like a 6'2", 6'3", forward, shoots a lot of threes. You know, not necessarily a guy they run a ton of offense for, but but he certainly gets his fair share of, of shots uh, within that offense. Now they, they, you know, were so reliant on Carter Gilmore last year. Um, so they, they've had a better season than, than maybe I, I thought they would. Um, you know, 14 and nine is their record, but, but that doesn't do them a lot of justice with the schedule that they played. Uh, you know, you look up and down, um, they, they played – Wisconsin Lutheran, they played Menominee Falls, they played Pewaukee. Uh, this is all out of conference. Um, and then, of course, you got the two games against Waukesha West, uh, played Brookfield Central as well. And they were in all those games, too, if, if I'm not mistaken, except for the Wisconsin Lutheran game. So they've battled some of the best teams in the state. Uh, they're starting to, to fade a little bit towards the back end of the season, had some kind of eye opening losses to Marquette. 
by by double digits. Uh, Waukesha South by, by double digits as well. So that that was kind of an eye opener, but you know it was enough for them to get the number one seed. Uh, I, I think there's some significant distance between them and Waukesha West uh, in the Classic Eight. You know they finished two games behind uh, the the Wolverines. I, I don't think they have the same depth. That, that West does. Uh, they lost the first meeting by 12, uh, did hang with them in the second one. It was a two point game down to the wire. Um, but, but, you know, you wonder which team's going to show up for them because like I said, those two surprising losses at the end of the year kind of make you, you, you second guess Arrowhead, but you know, in terms of what they got from that one, two punch from heightening and, and recce who can, you know, both score the ball at, at a high level, uh, you know, they're, they're you know, certainly not going to be overmatched in, in many games. I don't think they're, I don't think they look at anybody in this sectional and think we can't beat them. And um, uh, last number one, I guess we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about Wanaki yet, did we? Anything? And does Wanaki no. pose a threat here? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen them this year. Unfortunately, they're another team. They got a late start. Um, and I don't think they played any home games, if, if I'm not mistaken either. So they were traveling a lot. Uh, but I did see them quite a bit last season, and they got pretty much the, the same makeup. Uh, they're one of those teams that's tough to defend uh, because they'll they'll come down the floor and everybody will get a touch. Everybody can shoot. And then they always play hard-nosed defense under Dana McKenzie. They, they came out of the gate. They, they were rusty early. They lost three of their, their first four. Uh, I believe they've, they've won something like, 11 of their last 13 to end of the season. So they're, they're clicking at the right time. Uh, beat Janesville Parker, uh, who, again, like we talked about, um, you know, could have been a number two seed in, in their regional. Uh, they got a big win o- over Wauwatosa East. So that if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ryan Parzich didn't play in that game. I could be wrong. But they also beat Milton at Milton as well. So uh, I, I like their forward in, in Andrew Keller six, six, five, six, six, mm, a yep, long yep. kid that, that shoots it well, creates matchup problems. And then they got seniors and they got a lot of them. Caden Nelson, Jackson Zybel, uh, who just committed to rip in college. So, so they've got guys that have been around the block, played together. Um, and like, like I said, I just like the way they play, you know, they, they can, they can win games of just about every style too. You know, you look at their schedule though, they have games in the, uh, they've held teams in the 40s and 50s. They've got games where they're playing that they've scored 100, uh, 78, just about everything. So, so they're, 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 I think they're a tough matchup for, for that reason, just the way that, uh, you know, they're able to take a lot of different styles of basketball and, you know, play with, with whatever works. But uh, they're, you know, one of those equal opportunity teams, you know, maybe not a, an overwhelming star that shows up on, on the scouting report. But, you know, when everybody can can score and shoot the ball and everybody touches it, you know, sometimes those teams are, are the toughest to match up with. Yeah. Um, all right. So ending sectional three pick, what's your pick? I, I'm going Waukesha West again. Yeah. I like senior guards. I, I like the way Cam Pelesi's played this season. Um, he, he shows up in the, in the biggest games. And like I said, I don't think that supporting cast gets enough credit for, for what they've done the last two years. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Waukesha West just uh, on the fact that I think Cam Pelesi, he's, he, he's just a winner. And, and, I mean, he seems to elevate himself in, in these big games. He's going to be really tough to take down. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll agree. I'll take the easy way out. I don't, like I said, I don't know a ton of those teams. I know some of the players and stuff, but I'll take Waukesha West as well. Um, all right, let's move down to sectional four. Um, 
I'm just going to go ahead and assume that you're going to pick someone out of the A sectional of the Brookfield <laughs> and Tulsa teams. So that'd be, am I right? I would assume. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we'll let's just, let's, let's not spend a ton of time. Let's just go a quick minute real quick on any teams from, if there is a chance that anyone could upset them, anyone, because I know Franklin has a win over, I think Tulsa East or something, one of those teams. Yeah. Um, that was the game. Brian Parzich, I think the game after he went down. Uh, okay. So I don't know. I mean, I think they won by two. I, I don't know if you put uh, Franklin's good. Uh, yeah. Taking anything away from him, but uh, I, I don't know if they win that game. I mean, Parzic, you could make a make an argument. He means more to any other team. Uh, he, he's a player that means more to any other team. How do I say? I'm saying this wrong. Uh, he means more. <laughs> he means more to his team than, yeah, than any other sure. player in the state, in my opinion. So, I mean, I think I think Franklin won by two. Again, I, I like Franklin. They're, they're really good. And, you know, they, they, they can beat anybody on any given night as well. But, you know, Parzic is a guy that, you know, I think at minimum is a 10-point difference maker for them against, you know, just about anybody. Yeah. So, any aside from Franklin, any other teams in that, you know, in the, I guess, the C or D area of the regional, anything? Muskego is scary. Uh, they got a kid by the name of Luke Barra. Uh, who's having a breakout senior season. He, he's landed a couple NAIA offers. Uh, a lot of D2s are, are calling right now. I mean, he can just absolutely fill it up. I and mean, he's 24 points per game. Um, I don't know what his assist numbers are, uh, but I would imagine it's in the 5-6 range. Just uh, really lethal score, very quick on the ball, has some of the best uh, skills uh, on the ball that, that uh, the senior class provides. And, and it's a football school. They got a lot of football players that are dirty work kids. They like to defend. They like doing the little things. Uh, they, they get after people. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they made their way to sectionals. Uh, they took Waukesha West down to the wire uh, in the game that uh, I was at, and then they ended up beating them later in the season. You know, kind of one of those teams that's, you know, up and down. You don't necessarily know who's going to show up uh, on any any given night but again you know that, that's kind of one of the things that that makes them scary in, in a way they often play up to their competition um west Tosa central number uh a number one seed in, in their regional I, I think they're probably a year away but they got some really good pieces jack rose obviously one of the best scorers and shooters in the state uh kenny garth is is an athletic guard they they pair him with um, he's a really good downhill score, mid-range player, good positional size at 6'3". They got a, a junior point guard as well uh, that's uh, playing uh, some of his best basketball and Devin Griffin having a breakout year for them. Uh, they don't have Bradley Bell this season. I'm assuming he's sitting out because of the pandemic. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but I know he hasn't been playing, but he's their 6'8 guy. So that's another reason that they're, they're probably a year away, but a lot of juniors – uh, that have been on varsity since they were freshmen uh, or, you know, played a ton last year. Um, you know, and again, I don't, I don't see them walking out of this sectional that that's so loaded, yeah. um, but their, their regional isn't too bad. Uh, you know, Muskego or, or Burlington would be a potential regional final for them. Um, and then you look at the bottom of that sectional, the number one's Kenosha Indian trail, the number two's Bradford, I mean, those are very winnable games. So West Sosa Central could be playing for, for a shot in at state. I mean, even though they're maybe the fifth best team in that sectional right okay. now. All right. Well, let's get to the actual, what we really want people want to talk about and listen to. Yeah. So do you ever hear about how these seating meetings go at all? 
sometimes, you know, you usually only hear from the coaches that, that are really upset by him. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, the, the one thing about these senior meetings, there, there's a lot of coaches that have juice in them that, that have been around the block and, you know, they kind of tend to get their way mm-hmm. versus newer coaches who aren't as well known uh, around the state. Sure. Yeah. I would sure. say that's where, you know, the, the biggest complaints uh, come from is, is just, you know, it's kind of a bulldozing effect sometimes when you get some of these uh, really well-known iconic Yep. high school coaches in there that, that tend to move the needle a little bit more and, you know, kind of sway people uh, the way just, you know, your average Joe coach can't. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, record wise, it, it plays out, right. Tulsa East is the one uh, East is the two central is the three. So, I mean, if you look at records, which I mean, they all beat up on each other. Like they've got their losses are good losses. So I'm, I'm assuming no one was probably complaining too much about the seating of those three teams. Um, what I I guess what do you see happening between East and East and Central? Have we heard anything on Tayshawn Bridges is gone, obviously, but that's a big I mean, they're still they haven't seemed like they missed a beat. They've <laughs> they kept winning without Bridges, but you got so you got East against Brookfield Central. That one's a, a real tough one to call. I mean, on paper, um in my head says central just because that team and that program for whatever reason, they're like the Michigan state of Wisconsin high school basketball. It doesn't matter that the season, they, they always have good seasons, obviously, but, mm-hmm. but in March, they, they just hit another level um, and, and often play some of their best ball. And they have one of the best trios in the state and, and David Joplin's going to Texas, Ben now who's going to St. Thomas and, and Andrew Rohde, who's a sophomore guard that very well could play his way. Junior, the division, uh, yeah, junior who, who very well could play his way to the division one level. Yep. Well, their problem is the roster really falls off after that point, at least in the games that I've been, and they've just kind of missed those X factor plays that they're, they weren't getting from a Malik Abdul Wahid last year or Eric Radicevich, uh, you know, got, they, they didn't, they don't have those guys that necessarily sneak up on you the way these other top teams do. So I mean, every, every time I've gone now, Rody and Joplin have been really good to the point where you, you wonder how they're losing games. And then you look at the box score that they just don't have, you know, that fourth or, or fifth guy right now to, to contend with some of the depth. But, you know, again, Dan Wandry is one of the best coaches in, in the state. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he figures something out with this team that makes them click. And Brookfield East, uh, you know, that's been one of the more impressive jobs after losing Tayshawn Bridges because he was supposed to be, and he, and he was a guy that, that gave him a, a different dimension offensively. Mm-hmm. This was a team uh, that they used to play 36 minutes of a fist fight. You know, they, they were going to rough you up for, for 36 minutes, uh, grind out possessions. And, and Bridges was a guy that kind of allowed them to take the top off offensively I went to that Brookfield Central game they, they put eight, 84 points on on that team in, in the second game uh, of the season uh that they are getting and Hayden Doyle is going to Washington and in, in St. Louis Division II school he, he's getting some good help from uh, I'm gonna butcher his his last name I've never had to say it but uh Dan uh Dan uh you just Garrett. initial <laughs> Dan G there you go <laughs> a junior that uh, I don't even think was on varsity last year. And he's given him about 15 points per game. I, I really like him a long lefty that, that can score it 
Uh, Matt Schmainda, a, a sophomore, uh, really provides a nice um, three-point shooting presence for, for them. And, you know, Hayden Doyle's doing what Hayden Doyle does, 26.7 rebounds, four assists per game, and, and obviously gives them a tenacious defensive presence too. I'm going to take Central. I, I don't feel good about it. Um, I, I, I didn't go to the second game where I believe Brookfield Central won by one, uh, but I was at the first one, and I, and I thought at the time, obviously Tayshawn Bridges was on that team, but, but I thought at the time Brookfield's, Brookfield East was, was the better squad with, with or without uh, Bridges. I mean, he was in foul trouble the whole second half and, and barely played. Uh, so, but, but I am going to take – I'm crossing my lines. I'm taking Central just, just because I, I – this is one of those teams that, that get better when, when playoffs come. And uh, I think it's, I just can't see a guy like David Joplin and, and Ben now just two competitors like that going out yeah. in their first playoff game. Yep. Right. So, it's, so it's hard to see Maiden Doyle doing that too, but you know, yeah, it's weird career. Those guys have had, they, they've played in state championship games. I just can't wrap my head around them going out like that. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy that they played Friday night right away. Um, so obviously if you get out, I'm, I've taken central too. So then we're playing, they're going to be playing Tulsa East, no disrespect to Tulsa West and Marquette, but just, they're going to be playing Tulsa East. Um, thoughts on Tulsa East. I've liked this team for a while. Um, you know, had a big turnaround last year, but, but you know, they, they scare me for one reason, you know, they have this tendency to play down to their competition at, at times. Uh, there was, it was more obvious last season you could see them get up for the big games um but you know then they'd have these losses where you just kind of shake your head um but but they've been a lot more consistent um but you know case in point you you beat sussex hamilton with patrick baldwin jr in in your season opener and then you lose to him without baldwin by by 14 points uh you have a loss uh, against wanakee well again i like but, but they should handle uh, you have some close calls in, in here that, that kind of make you wonder um, against Tosa West, uh, I believe Germantown, you know, only lost to them by two as well. Um, but I really like their core. And I think based on the way those two games against, I mean, they're, they're four and against Brookfield central and Brookfield East. Yeah. Um, and I think that says something. And they've got a win over Pewaukee, who might be the favorite in, in Division Two at this point. Um, mm-hmm. That core, what, what I think makes them so scary is, is they've lost together. They've gone through the hardest times together. I mean, you look at where this program was two or three years ago to where they are now. I mean, they've just gone through the grind, and now they're reaping the benefits uh, You know, Leon Bond, Alex Singleton, Jay Hinson, and, of course, Brian Parzich. Uh, they play so well together, and, and there's obvious love of the game between those four, especially from Parzich, who I, I just don't think gets his due in this state, going to Northern Michigan, a, a guy that just uh, lays it out on the line every time and exudes energy through his teammates. It, it's just hard to pick against them when they swept East and Central um, and at least from what I saw controlled all four of those games were in the driver's seat, but uh, I, I am a little weary with weary about them just because of that tendency they've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Like I said, to play down to their competition at times. I, I don't know if they just go in overconfident thinking they're going to take care of people 
or, or what it is, but, but they definitely got to get rid of that. And, you know, maybe they are one of the teams that benefits from, from a loaded sectional by, you know, playing a Tosa West team um, in, in their opener, a Tosa West team that almost beat them. And then, you know, Central East, which again, good enough to be a, a state championship. Yeah, right. In the regional final. Well, you know, like it's the switch you hear all year, right? Is you can't, it's, it's hard to beat a good team three times. It's hard to beat right, any team three right. times. So, you know, who knows? Um, are, you know, about these guys, obviously Parzix is, but uh, what are Parzix is, are the other three guys, Henson, Singleton, um, who am I missing? Oh, and Leon, I know Leon is, are these guys all scholarship basketball players? You think all four? Um, I, I think just bond. I, I would probably peg Alex Singleton as a D three. Uh, just because, you know, he's kind of unconventional as a six foot five power forward, um, you know, kind of an odd shooter. He shoots it well from three. He's got a really long, odd release. But I mean, if I were division three, I, I would love to get him. I mean, I think he's a difference maker at that level. And then Henson, I think, could have a real good career at the D3 level, too, as a scoring two guard. He, he shot it well all season, uh, does a real nice job of, you know, putting it on the deck and scoring in that 10, 12, 14, 16 foot range uh, also has the body and athleticism to finish at the rim. So I could see him being a real nice three level score at, at the division three level. Okay. Um, all right. So you're taking Tulsa East as your pick. Yes. Okay. I, I, I am as well. Uh, all right, let's get to the last sectional, which is sectional two. This is, we're going to just going to focus on two spots. Cause I think that's where we probably unfortunately i'm you know if, if these teams people are listening in in 2b and 2c like beaver dam if you're listening you know what then you can prove me wrong i guess or prove us <laughs> wrong if you're mad about it um let's first tackle falls i think because right we're thinking i mean this is gonna be kimberly nina or falls cedarburg right those are the two i'm assuming those are the two games we're kind of yeah map, right I, I think those are the side yeah so let's talk cedarburg falls first um i think the biggest thing with falls right now is the unknown of stephen clay do you have information I do not. Sorry. I know more than Evan Flood. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, well, I've heard a bunch, I guess. I don't even know what's true anymore because these kids yap and talk and who knows what's true and who's not. Right. You know what I mean? So you knew, did you, I'm assuming you knew he was hurt, right? Yeah. I, I heard uh, he was down. I, I don't know to the extent of, you know, what, what's going on with him though. Yeah. So I don't really know specifics of the actual, I guess, injury and I'll be vague just to keep, privacy things, whatever. But so here is knee. First off, if you're not hundred percent, in my opinion, why don't play, right? Like this kid's future goes beyond a state basketball tournament in Wisconsin. Right. I mean, if you're, if he is not hundred percent with his knee, my, my suggestion would be, you know, Steven, you probably don't want to play just my thought agreed or no. I, I, I don't disagree with, with what you're saying. I, I just think it's, I think any of us who can remember our days, you know, playing at this level, it, it's hard to sit on the sidelines with, with a team that talented and, and just kind of let it go. Yeah. I don't have that um, memory. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, Menominee falls, I don't know if they're a team that can win a state championship, but again, you know, they've shown the ability to beat just about anybody. I, I'd have a hard time walking away. I, I don't know what the injury is. I mean, if it's very serious, obviously I, I don't think you play around with it. Right. If, was it something that was lingering all season and then he made it worse? You know, I think that's a different story. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he 
thought it was worth the risk. Uh, It's just, uh, it's hard. I I think for 16, 17 year old kids to see past the now at at times. And, you know, that's what you appreciate about, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these kids too, is, you know, they not worried about themselves, you know, he's worried about the team and, you know, trying to get them as far as, as they can go. And, you know, that costs him some time on the AAU circuit, you know, maybe, maybe he's fine with it. Um, but, but it's hard to, uh, judge a decision without knowing exactly, you know, what he was going through or maybe what he was told by his coaches or parents or or doctors, whoever. So, um, yeah, I'll never knock a kid for, for wanting to play through an injury, even if it, even if the, uh, uh, negatives greatly outweigh the positives which you know in this case from you know what you're hinting at maybe maybe that was the case but uh, well okay so first off now the flip side of this is patrick baldwin like he's not going to play correct and is he no. do we i mean he, i don't he, even know if he can I okay mean, that was my next question i don't know if he could either but yeah like, I, I, if he could I, there's no way he's he's close to 100 he probably hurts them more than okay um so anyways to go back to clay i also heard that he will be back for sectionals so take that with a grain of salt, true or not. Okay. I don't know. Okay. So, um, and then you've got Cedarberg, obviously, who's very, very big. Um, we've, and we've, we've seemed to talk about Logan Landers all the time on this podcast too, because mm. of him flipping grades and everything, but um, thoughts on Cedarberg and I guess, and falls, you know, together. And let's, let's, let's pretend for this, that clay is back. Let's say that, let's say clay is back. I give an edge to falls. Uh, although Cedarberg's just, they're, they're so freaking tough. I mean, I went and watched him against Whitefish Bay, who's, you know, one of those grinded out teams that makes you work for everything. And, you know, they beat them at their own game and, and they won a, a 48 41 slug fest. And they did it without, you know, Drew Biber, who's going to play football at Purdue and, and Landers really doing a, a ton for them offensively. So that kind of changed the way. Uh, I thought about them a little bit. Uh, they have a blowout loss at Whitnall. They they um, have a loss to Homestead. You know, that, I saw that. that. Kind of makes you shake your head and you know wonder what's going on. But they were so good earlier in the season, um, and and you thought after that Whitefish Bay game, um, you know maybe they they have turned a turned a corner because that was a team that beat them by twenty early in in the season. And I also like those back-to-back wins against Nicolet. They, they played them, um, you know, it was, it was about 14, 15 days apart, but, you know, they played them back-to-back. And, and that's very hard to beat a team uh, that good twice in, in, in a row like that. So I thought that said something. Um, you know, Biber and, and Landers, obviously, you know, one of the best one-two punches in the state. But they got some senior guards that, that'll hit shots for them. And they'll be a tough out. Well, I give Falls the uh, the edge is you know I, I just know who they are. You know I've seen them a, a, a lot. Um, you know there, there are some uh, you know strange sways uh, in in their schedule, but uh, I think uh, when you go and beat Kimberly, uh, you, you take on Alaska, who's one of the toughest teams to play. Uh, down to the wire in, in, in a neutral environment. Um, I, I think that it's really hard to replicate on, on anybody else's schedule um, you, across the state. I uh, didn't get a chance to play Wisconsin Lutheran because uh, of that unfortunate yep. 
mean, they only played four minutes, uh, but but they looked. I mean, it's four minutes, but <laughs> I thought I thought Wisconsin Lutheran was in trouble based on on how that game started. Uh, and, and and I just like Seth Trimble so much. Yeah, I think he's he's so unique. Um, not just the, the, the leaping at ability, obviously that grabs everyone's attention, um, what he can do in transition and above the rim, but he's such a smart, high IQ floor general. Uh, you know, again, I like experienced leader point guards in the playoffs, and I think he's one of the best. Um, you know, Stephen Clay is healthy. Um, you know, he's a guy, another, they have two guys that can explode for 30, 30 plus points any given night. Um, and I think their supporting cast has been better than, than what everyone expected. I mean, Graham Martin, uh, a sniper, gives them uh, some added firepower. Um, you know, they got the Redding brothers who are both fast, athletic kids that, that do a lot for them in transitionally and defensively. Um, I, I think they're a little deeper than, than Cedarburg um, when healthy. Yeah. So I, for people who are listening and telling me that Cedarburg and I said, I know Clay's back for sectionals, if that's what it is, I know that this is a regional game. So I, I get that. Like that would, that would be the one worry, right? If, if we're, if the clay isn't back until sectionals, he's not back for the Cedarburg game. That's obviously a problem. Right. Um, but you know, falls has, if they're healthy falls has something that no one else in the state has. And that is two high D one basketball players. Um, you know, you mentioned it before, uh, they, they throttled Kimberly. I mean, they beat us bad. Um, we, we got essentially in a, in a pickup game in a track meet with them. And it was just, you can't do it. If you're going to try to run with Trimble and clay, you're not, you're not going to win. Um, and that's exactly what happened. We, and we just, we got beat bad. Um, I said before clay's before clay got hurt, I said, falls is going to win state. I just, I thought to myself, two kids that are that high level D one, I think can carry everything else regardless of how bad. And it's not like the rest of the kids are bad. Like you said, you know, um, I just don't know now with, with Trimble or I mean, uh, with clay, I just, I think that's a big, that's a big, big, big. If I think they will struggle to beat Cedarburg if they do not have clay, I think they can, because I think Trimble is the best player in the state in that junior class. Um, But I, I, it's tough to like, kind of say yes or no, because, you know, if we're going off or clay is healthy, then they're going to beat Cedarburg. I just don't know if he is. So it's, it's almost, it's a coin flip really to me. If, if, if we don't know about clay, that's such a big, it's a, such a huge unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll kind of leave that unless you have anything else to say, I was gonna say we can move on to Kimberly and Nina. No, I think we're good. Okay. Um, so the other one, yeah, is, I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, last year before, um, you know, the pandemic shut everything down, Kimberly and Nina was slated for the sectional final to go to state. And now we're going to get it most likely this Saturday. Um, first game, Kim, uh, Nina beat Kimberly at Kimberly second game. Uh, Kimberly beat Nina in Nina. Nina is without um, Charlie Wolfgram, which in my opinion is a huge, huge loss. Uh, watching that game. He just, he spaces the floor so much for them. And without him on the court doing that, it's just, it gets kind of, you know, jammed up. Um, but anyways, wh- what are your thoughts? I like Kimberly in this one. I think that second game, you know, might have been a little telling. Uh, you know, you saw the first one really played more towards Nina's liking. Uh, weren't going to let Kimberly do their transition stuff. And, and, you know, I mean, Kimberly's as dangerous as any team in, in the open floor. And, and when you are able to dictate 
you know, obviously it starts on the offensive end for, for Nina when, when you're grinding out possessions and playing deep uh, into the clock um, and then you're efficient offensively. That, that takes away what Kimberly likes to do. Um, yeah, obviously, Kimberly was going to do everything, you know, in their power, I, I think, to turn that around in, in the second game. And when you win by 15 at somebody else's place in, in a rematch game, um, yeah, obviously there, there's, you know, the chip on your shoulder factor that, that plays in the Kimberly's advantage. But, but, but I think that's a, a little telling uh, in that way and in terms of some of the adjustments that, that Kimberly was able to make. And, you know, to be honest, you look at Kimberly and, yeah, everybody's going to talk about Jackson Pavletsky, Grant Asman, uh, Owen uh, Polakowski to, to some degree, Jackson Dudek. Um, you know, all good college prospects, but, you know, the guys that Nina and, you know, a lot of teams in division one don't have are, are Tommy Ellison and, and Cal McGinnis, you know, when, when you're fifth and, and six guys, and I know they're not that way every night, but when you're fifth and six guys can go get double figures and, and just rack up hustle plays and kind of just gritty toughness plays the, the way those two do, uh, that, that's really tough to beat. I mean, they, they probably – I mean, you look at, first of all, just Pavletsky and Asman, you know, the start is a heck of a scouting port, a report to, to try and put together against those two. Um, even if you somehow are able to slow them down, which, uh, you know, Nina wasn't, uh, although I believe they held Asman to like five points. And that's another sign too. When Asman scores five points, do you still win by 15? Yeah, right. I think that's a good sign for, yeah. for, for Kimberly. But, but even if you're able to stop those, those four guys I mentioned uh, at, at the top, I mean, McGinnis and Ellison are good enough to be number ones, in my opinion, on a lot of teams across the state. And they just do so much that that takes Kimberly over the edge. I think they they just provide a little more depth than, than maybe Nina can, can match up with, um, you know, especially when, when it comes to hitting the offensive glass uh, the, the way they do and just creating those second chance opportunities. I think Kimberly's just a little bit tougher because of those two guys. So uh, all the Kimberly kids will love you because they all know they're all going to listen tonight because they're all <laughs> privy to that this podcast is happening. And you kind of actually stole a little bit of my my thunder, what I was going to talk about, because um, the one thing I was going to say, it's going to be a backhanded compliment <laughs> a little bit here. Um the one thing that has impressed me the most out of this Kimberly team this year is Tommy Ellison. I'm absolutely, and Tommy, I'm sorry, I mean, this is no disrespect to you. This is just my expectation, I guess, going into the year. I was ab- I'm absolutely shocked at how well he is playing and specifically how well he is shooting. I never in a million years thought that, that he would shoot this well. He is, I, it, it does the, the three point shootout thing, whatever is there, does that minimum continue to increase or increase or is it 65? And does it stop at the end of the year? Okay. Know you know, you know, the, you know what, what sports does. I right? know what it is. Yeah. Okay. So Tommy's like at six, he's at like 53% from three and he's, he shot 63s. Like I just, I keep waiting. And again, no offense, Tommy, I keep waiting for this to stop and it's not stopping. And he is by far like, cause you know what you, you knew Pav's going to be Pav, Pav's Pav. If you know Pav, Pav, Pav. Asman's, you know, Asman's 610. I mean, he's, you know, you're going to get <laughs> whatever you're going to get out of Asman. Tommy's the one kid that I just did not see coming at all this year. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't know what to expect going into this year, you know, and Dudek, Dudek also came out of nowhere, you know, Dudek didn't play last year. Yeah. I mean, they came off the bench and blow up minutes, you know, and Dudek's going D two. Um, yeah, it, it's, they have so much firepower. 
it takes, and this is what, this is a stat and they know the stat. I mean, if, if, if opponents are going to listen to this and they're going to get some scouting report right here, if you look at their three close games this year, the, the loss to Nina, the loss to falls and the win over Pewaukee. If you look at those main guys that shoot the ball, so it's Pav, Asman, Owen, Cal, and Tommy. If you look at the three-point percentage in those three games, it is bad. So part of that is attributing the fact that you're playing good teams. You know what I mean? Like you're obviously you're playing better teams. They close out and stuff like that. But it was just something that I just kind of, because I'm a stat guy, I like looking at stats and stuff like that. That was one of the glaring thing to me. I'm like, well, okay, well, we play, we've played some good teams and we don't shoot well. That's kind of the, what happens if that happens again in the playoffs. That, that would be the one thing I, I think could be the Achilles heel because Kimberly does take a lot of threes Yep. Um, and they can get in these zones where, I mean, the two games I went into, I mean, they're just in these zones um, and, and, you know, guys are, are, are taking shots after one, two passes. I mean, they're just pushing the ball in transition. Guys are running the wings. They're letting it fly. Yep. I, I mean, when, it, when you're hitting them, they, they look really good. I mean, you look in, in my opinion, the, the two game, I, I don't, the two games I went to, I, I didn't see a better team in, in the state. And in those two games, obviously a small sand, or three games. Um, well, if you include the, the second half against Pewaukee, not the first half. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I didn't think anybody played to that level, um, you know, regardless of, of competition, but, but I was also thinking, man, I mean, you're very reliant uh, on the three point shot where you have an off night, um, yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, some of these teams in, in a sectional, uh, semifinal like Beaver Dam, you know, or, or West uh, Beaver Dam would be the only one in that sectional semifinal that, that could possibly catch them. And I, even, I think that's a reach. Nate Abel would have to play out of his mind, uh, in order to get them over the hump. Um, Nina could obviously knock them off, but you know, they're, they're a team, in my opinion, that, you know, if they get two three-point heavy and, and, and shots aren't falling and they don't touch the post uh, with Dudek and Aspen enough, you know, I, I could see them get caught. But, you know, just in terms of the way they can explode offensively, the way they share, move the basketball. I mean, I, I, I walked out of Kimberly two times saying, what do you do to stop them? Yeah. You know, if, <laughs> they, they've, they've got four or five guys that can kill you from three. Um, they've got size, they've got toughness, you know, they're about as complete of a team as I think there is in division one. Yeah. You know, Tommy's shooting. I said, Tommy's shooting over 50%. Pav's over 50% from three Cal's just under 50%. Asman's got a low percentage. Cause he, he really just has not shot the well at the beginning of the year. He's really started to catch fire these last few games. So he's coming around at the right time. It just, there's the thought of all of those guys being cold on a night is just it's probably not yeah. very likely. And I don't, you know, and if you look at the sectional too, I don't think we'd even see Beaver Dam until because Beaver Dam would be the probably the three seed because Kimberly's going to get the one in that sec- if they win their regional. And whoever's in 2B is going to be the four. No offense to those two teams, but it's just reality. Oh, you know, right. The, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So because they reseed them at that point. Okay. Um, okay, so we're talking Kimberly. So I'm, I'm obviously, I think, I, again, I, I mentioned it before. Without Wolf Graham, I just don't think Nina has it. I think it's a big loss for them. I think, I think we'll, I think Kimberly's going to handle Nina. I'll go Falls over Cedarburg. So we're, gonna, and I don't know, what, same thing for you, whatever. But all right. So who's coming out of that sectional then, Kimberly or Falls? I, I like Kimberly. I wasn't at the game. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw obviously Falls won by, by 16. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe if I saw the game, I, I, I would think differently. Um, I'm 
kind of I've looked at the box score and I, I think uh, you know Pavletsky was was really good and, and you just didn't get the same production uh, you know from everybody else uh, across the board, which kind of surprised me because Kimberly's a lot bigger, um, certainly longer. Miami Falls is a lot of guards. Um, yeah, I know, you know, I think you mentioned uh, Menominee Falls, you know, really thrived in that game in, in transition and, yep. and their guards. Uh, but, you know, that's Kimberly's game in, in a lot of ways, too. Um, I'm, I'm going to chalk it up as an off night. Again, you know, Grant Asman went two of 16. That's not going to happen again, uh, especially against a smaller team. I think, you know, you, you make some adjustments to take advantage of his size. Um, and then Jackson Dudek's just been getting better and better, yep. you know, through, throughout the season. I mean, Northern Michigan looked like they did a you know terrific job, um, kind of evaluating and, and feeling out the the trend on that one. Um, you know, Ellison and McGinnis, the two guys I talked about, you know, only took a combined four shots in that game and you know scored three points. I, I think that's highly unlikely again. Um, you know, I know Stephen Clay and and. Seth Trimble kind of had their way in that one, but they were also the only two guys in, in double figures. I, I, I don't know if I, even if Clay and Trimble are both flirting with, with 30 point efforts. Um, I, I don't know if I see that one playing out the, the same way again, I'm, I'm going to take Kimberly to advance to state. Um, again, I, I like to ride with the most complete team and, and I think that's them. Okay. Um, I, I would agree. I think Kimberly's just playing right now at a different level. And if I didn't pick Kimberly, I would be kicked out of the <laughs> village of Kimberly. Um, I, do we, are, are we both assuming that are we both, do we both have Tosa East and Kimberly in the championship? What was my, uh, I had river falls, Waukesha West and then yeah, falls. Yeah. Depends how the, so who's the one. Kimberly's got to be the one, right? Because they're, I mean, they've got number one in the state right now. You'd assume, I know it's one, you know, I would assume that, that, that they would be the one, right? Because they're the one. Okay. Tosa, so, Tosa East, East is two. two. Waukesha West is Tosa six. East, Walk, Tosa East, Waukesha. If Waukesha West matched up with Tosa East, that would. I, I'll still, I'll still take Tosa East, Kimberly. Okay. Uh, but, I will too. I would like to see how it how it got seeded. And our and the thoughts on that game. I made my mind up after that Ashkosh North game. I was taking really it. against Ashkosh North of all the games. Yep, <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't get to in end the second half against Pewaukee. I thought you know kind of solidified it for me. Um, in the end, I I don't know if there's anybody that's slowing down Jackson Pavletsky the, the way he's playing. And, and the thing about him is he doesn't even need to score. I no. mean, he, he'll yeah. he'll get his twenty, he'll get twenty, and he'll make it look easy. Yep. But he can beat you with 10, 11 assists. I, I've always said he could average fifteen to twenty assists if he wanted. He to. sees the floor so well. He's so yep. much better of a point. I, I always kind of chalked him up as a two, undersized two. He's so much better of a point guard than than. Well, here's uh, the th- I ever thought he would be. So, because well, last year when he was a sophomore, he played off the ball because Jake Buchanan. So he was he was right. mostly off the ball. Here's the thing, though, and they they're starting to do it a little bit more. Um, hint, hint. When you take Pav off the ball, the dude, he is if if Pav is open, he's a ninety percent shooter from three. It's unbelievable. So 
these times throughout games, I'm just like, take him off ball, put him off the ball, put him off the ball, put him in the corner, whatever. Let Owen run point, let Tommy run point, whatever, or get the ball to Asman in the post, kick the pad for a wide open three, and you're and it's it's three points. It's a it's a layup for that kid. Um, so I think he's, I mean, as 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 great of a point guard as he is, he is such an amazing knockdown right. shooter that to take him off the ball is such an advantage as well uh, within that team. Um, we are down one player. I didn't, we, we haven't mentioned this per- person. So Brett Prony um, had knee okay. surgery. So Brett, I hope you're doing well. Um, it's a loss. I mean, Brett's a, Brett's a big body down there. He's a good rebounder. Um, there's luckily we've, as we've talked, we've got a ton of depth. Um, there's the, also the factor. This was a team that, yeah, I don't know if they would have won it all last year, but they certainly could have been playing for a state sure. title. Yep. Um, for sure. I think there's that factor too, where, you know, guys, you know, maybe felt they got robbed last year and then, you know, there's an added chip uh, on their shoulder that really probably only Brookfield central can, can match, but Brookfield central hasn't, you know, they, they've fallen short of expectations all year. I, I don't know if they're, you know, how confident they are going into that, you know, regional death. Right. So I think, you know, that gives Kimberly an advantage too, just to sense that, you know, they got denied a chance to potentially win a state championship. Yeah. So, and I mentioned earlier uh, scholarship players, I think Kimberly has the one, I think Kimberly has something that no one else has. And that is, in my opinion, we have four scholarship basketball players on our team. So you've got Asman, you've got Pav, you've got, Dudek and you've got, in my opinion, Owen is a scholarship basketball player. He will be at some, I mean, there's someone is going to get Owen and Owen has got an amazing ceiling. Um, and then you also have Seth Myron. Who's not even, who doesn't, who doesn't play for him. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's so how that's, good that team is. That, yeah. that guy is the top 30, 35 right now. And he doesn't see extended minutes. And Evan, we haven't even mentioned my kid either. That's right. You've, you've never seen my kid play. He does play. He plays at the end. He gets in, he gets in the end of the bench. He gets in. <laughs> I'm just joking around. Love you, Jay. Um, but you've got, and then you've got three. I mean, well, Peroni was, he's out, but he's a football, he's a scholarship, he's a scholarship football yeah. player. Tommy's going to UConn for baseball as a preferred walk-on and Cal's going to Bradley for baseball. I mean, we've got the, the, the team the players that play all this are all scholarship players of some sport of some sport. So um, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I think Kimberly is, is going to win it all. I think by far they have the, just one through whatever you want to go through five, six, seven. I think they've just got the best, the most amount of talent and better players, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be good. I think Tulsa East is, it's a team that obviously, you know, as, as good as the FEA is, it's honestly, it's Kimberly and Nina. And then there's just kind of some other teams. It's just the way it is. Right. And you know, Tulsa East, I think in order to beat Kimberly, you'd have to win that matchup. That Leon Bond Grant Aspen matchup would have to go heavily in favor of of, of Tosa East. And, and Bond's obviously a kid that can win it, but uh, you know he, he's given up some size, given up some length. Uh, Aspen's done a real good job defensively. I mean, Aspen's one of the most underrated post defenders. Uh, in the state, in my opinion, I mean, they have a guy, they'll let him switch onto the perimeter and he'll defend guards out there the way he moves his feet. Um, you know, Bond is, I don't want to say he's lost in the shuffle, but he's, he's surprisingly their fourth leading scorer. Now mm-hmm. it's a very balanced uh, team. Um, they also got Marcus Bow, who's going to play football at Purdue. And, you know, he, he's a nice little weapon, you know, an X factor for them. You know, just a big body that, that, that can move. 
Um, but, you know, if for in order for, uh, you know, you, you look at how these teams match up, I mean, best case scenario, I think for Kimberly is that, you know, Parzic and Pavletsky cancel each other out. Um, Asman Bond cancel each other out. Pavletsky Singleton, or I'm sorry, Polakowski Singleton, you know, could potentially cancel each other out. And then, you know, the four J the four J Hinson, Jackson Dudek, I think, you know, Dudek is where you start seeing a significant advantage, you know, in terms of uh, talent and college prospects. And then it sways heavily, you know, towards Kimberly. Um, yeah. So Parzic, you know, I know will we'll show up those, those other four, especially bond, I think would have to have some of their best games of the season you know, based on, you know, what I've seen from a couple of viewings of each team and, you know, how they, how they stack up on paper. Well, I saw Bond was out for a game or two, wasn't he? Do, do you know why? I don't. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's been out four games, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I did not hear what happened to him. All right. Um, okay. So we're both taking Kimberly over Tulsa East. That was, that was a long way to get there, but we got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we will not spend nearly as much time on any other, any other comments on D one. Otherwise we can just get, we'll go through D two, three, four, five, whatever, real quick. No, I think we're good. Um, all right. So if we go to D two, I mean, is this, is this just a, an on Alaska Pewaukee and that's it? Uh, uh Wisconsin Lutheran, Wisconsin Lutheran. I uh, got to take them seriously. Whitefish Bay, you know, I, like I said, they're one of those teams that if they get their pace, uh, they're really tough to beat. Uh, they got, you know, a go-to score in, in, in Jaden Jackson's going to Division I, uh, Northern Arizona. You know, this team won 20, 20 games this year. They, they were close right down to the wire with Nina in their, uh, their uh, season finale. Um, you know, their only other two losses, you know, came uh, to Cedarburg and then, you know, two-point loss to Nicolay in the season opener. Uh, so they've, they've got some nice wins. They've handled a, a one seed and then Grafton uh, beat them by 20 uh, early in the season. Uh, handled Martin Luther, uh, who's starting to play really well and, and turn a corner. Again, you know, not a team I necessarily see uh, holding a gold ball, but, you know, certainly I think one of the more difficult teams to prepare for in this state just because of their style. Um, you know, Monroe would, would be – uh, a team that I think is dangerous as well and, you know, could potentially win it um, if they get some consistent play. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of like Tosa East a little bit last season. I know they're 13-1 and one this year, but, you know, a team that had a tendency to kind of play up or down to, to their competition. Uh, they didn't start play till December 28th, um, but, but they've got some really nice wins. Um, they obviously have the uh, – a, a terrific trio and Cade Meyer was going to UW Green Bay, uh, Carson Leitzinger, who's a top 50, top 40 player in the 2022 class. JT Seagreaves is a top uh, 25, uh, 30 prospect in, in the 2022 class as well. And, and they've got a couple of really nice role players uh, that, that are really starting to play well for them. And, you know, I've made them uh, a much better team in, in the second half. Uh, they blew out Stoughton, who, who I think is pretty, probably would be a lot better if, if they didn't have, you know, one of those late starts and they were able to get uh, that their feet together, uh, feet underneath them. They, they got a 13 point win at Beaver Dam. Uh, they got a win over Janesville Parker. 
Um, not not a terrific schedule by any means. Uh, beat Milton. Um, not a terrific schedule by by any means, but uh, you know what this this team can do for, from last year, and then they've got pretty much everybody back. So I could see them in the Final Four and giving some of those teams trouble too. Uh, Whitnall as well, another number one seed with Danilo Jovanovic, um, you know Austin Harrow. Uh, I haven't seen him this season, but it sounds like he's playing pretty well. Younger brother Tyler Harrow, obviously. And they got some nice pieces in, in that junior and senior class who uh, played well for them last season. So I, so I could see them potentially, uh, you know, knocking off Pewaukee at, or Wisconsin Lutheran um, on the right night. Okay. I, I mean, I, I said before that uh, Kimberly was the only team in the state that it's, I should say D1 that had four scholarship basketball players. Cause I think Pewaukee is probably the other one. Yeah. Um, that, that's a team I, – I don't think anybody's played a, a tougher schedule than that. Yeah, they've played everyone. Uh, they, uh, they really challenged themselves. And yeah. that 21-3 and three is, is really impressive. And, you know, it, they were up big at Kimberly in, in the first yep. half, yep. too, uh, before Kimberly came firing back. Uh, so, so that was one that, uh, you know, got away from them. And then, you know, the other two losses at Wauwatosa East in a good game. Um, and then that Brookfield Central lost, or Brookfield East, excuse me, uh, lost by five um, at, at their place. So uh, for, for that schedule, uh, for them to come out with wins over Arrowhead, Sussex Hamilton, Mina, um, beat Wisconsin Lutheran, who's a conference opponent, actually beat them twice. The mm-hmm. uh, second one was, was a great game. It beat St. John's. Uh, uh, Northwestern Academies too beat West Tosa Central on, on the road. Uh, that that was a phenomenal schedule, and uh, they are very talented. And in their starting lineup, I love that trio: Milan Momsilovic, uh, was a 2023 player, top top sophomore in the class, just a real skilled, versatile kid. Got mismatched nightmare written all yeah. over him for the future. Ashton Janowski, I'm really high on in the 2022 class. Just a a really good shot-making point guard, maybe the best mid-range game in, in the state. I mean, he's just automatic when he yep. gets into there. Um, really smart, high IQ point guard, too, that can probe and makes good decisions with the basketball. And then Josh Terrian, I, I don't think it's his due in this state. You know, doesn't wow anybody athletically, uh, but but he just knows how to play the game. And then yep. and that's why he, he's averaging 15 points, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, for, for them does a little bit of everything and you know one of the toughest kids in, in the state as well and then you know they bring that Nick Janowski off the bench who kind of has a tendency to really provide a spark he's a double digit scorer as a freshman he's going to be a real nice player and then crazy I like their point guard too AJ Hintz who's a senior yeah he uh, surprised not, me not, not always going to score a ton of points but he's really quick and you know yep. he makes he makes you guard him. And, you know, he's, he's just one of those guys that I think you'd hate playing against just because he's going to run you all over the floor for 36 minutes, make you chase. And the minute you forget about him, he gets right to the rim. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he impressed me when I, when we were down there, watch uh, playing them, obviously. Um, I'm, I'll take, uh, we'll just get to it. I, I guess um, I'm going to, before we get to who we're going to take here, the player to watch in D2, have you ever seen Mason Dorn? I've only watched film. Oh, Evan, this he kid is play in- AU. I, I know I mean, he I, is incredible. He is. He is one of the smartest basketball players I've ever seen play. He's 
that's the amazing thing is so they're they're a one seed mm-hmm. I, I keep it i hate that i gotta say no offense to all the time this is a podcast no offense to the rest of the seymour players he it doesn't they're not the greatest right they're just not they're not mason Dorn is on a, just a completely another level he is he doesn't like he gets his shots up right he gets his shots he, he has to score yeah. but almost every time he makes the right basketball play and passes if it's passes, no matter what, if he's, even if he knows that him shooting is probably a little bit better chance of going in, he'll still, if it's right, right basketball play, he's passing the ball. He is such a joy to watch. I, I'm, I'm mad that he doesn't play AU because you could have seen him more. He's, he's just, he's just amazing. Um, I, I hope that they go far because I just love watching him play basketball. It's just, it's just fun to watch, but you have to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've only been able to watch the film this year, and I know I, I I watched a couple games and realized I had him I had him too low. I can't remember where I got him right now, but uh, he he was definitely really underrated, especially when you consider, like you said, I mean, yeah, there, there's so much pressure on that kid to perform every, every game based on what's around him, yeah. and you know he he does it. I think that counts for something too. You know, he's. He's skinny. He's small, which I think he'll get bigger. But like, I think he's, I think he's a D one college basketball player. I really do. Um, he's just, he's so good. He's, I, he's, he just, it's like you watch him and everything is just so easy for him. He's just one of those players that you kind of watch and you just kind of, it almost looks like he's floating, like just kind of floating yeah. through games. But he's just, it's, he's just so good. That's why. Um, so that's the player to watch, in my opinion. Um, but I think, I think people, I, I guess I don't know. I've, I've, I've watched a little bit on Alaska against Falls, but. I mean, my pick would be Pewaukee, but can on Alaska beat Pewaukee? Yeah, they, they, they can. Uh, um, I only went to the one game, but, but I know those guys well from, from the last couple uh, of seasons. And uh, they are extremely well coached, extremely smart kids. Um, again, they're not by any means one of the more talented teams in, in Division Two. When you when you talk about college prospects, uh, they got a kid going to Division One and Gavin McGrath. But you know, it's no secret. You know, he's going to be a project for them and a guy that you know needs still needs to develop. Uh, Victor Desmond, uh, who I think is a D two guy, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten you know any offers. When you, when you talk about a six six athletic wing that can slash. Uh, the way he can. And then, you know, they've, they've got their senior point guard and then Sam kick who does a phenomenal job running the show and putting guys uh, in, into uh, positions to succeed. And then, you know, freshman, I, I liked uh, Isaac Skemp shoots it really well from three. I think he's going to be a really nice player and somebody that's not even close to, to done growing here. I think he's already six, three, six, four, if, if I'm not mistaken. And he's, he's, he's got some length, uh, to him, um, you know, he's a guy that can make a big jump next year. But these guys have played a lot of basketball together. They've gone deep in, into the playoffs, uh, not as deep as you know they should have because they've always been matched up with Lacrosse Central, uh, and that's always been a sectional semifinal game. Um, you know, even though I think they were the they, like Kimberly, they, they probably got a little bit of chip on their shoulder from last year. Um, yeah. Or actually, you know what? They did get beat. Look, Central, they actually played that game, Central. But, but there's still a chip there because they beat Central twice um, and, and came up short. So, so these guys are itching real bad to, to get to state. And uh, I, I haven't seen, have they said what divisions are going to be where? No, they haven't. I, th- they're, I would assume they're... Division Two is in, in lacrosse, so they can play essentially a home game. Uh, yeah. At, at lacrosse, cent- uh, the lacrosse Center. So, so there's that added, added factor. 
uh, but they've been the heck out of people. They run their stuff. They know their personnel they know what it, they, they've obviously know what it takes to be successful. One in Mississippi Valley last year. Um, uh, they don't try and be anything that they're not, you know, they're old school in a lot of ways, blue collar team, uh, you know, team that's going to put you in a fist fight. Um, and, and you're going to have to beat them. You know, they're not going to beat themselves. So I, I can see them walking away with it. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I think what they said about state was they're waiting to see who, what teams go to state and then they're slotting them based on geography, obviously mm-hmm. to keep people close, whatever. Um, so is Pewaukee your pickers on Alaska, your pick. Or is it Wisconsin Lutheran or Monroe? There's so many different ways. I mean, I, I'm down to three. I look at Pewaukee and, and you know, I, I, I think they're the best team when they're playing, you know, when everybody's at their best. I, I think Pewaukee is the best team because they can play that grinded out style that, that on Alaska would, would put them through uh, that they do do that to teams did. So I watched them do it to Tosa East and really make that game ugly. Um, but you got to beat Wisconsin Lutheran three times and, and Wisconsin Lutheran, I, I think is, is really good. And, and, and I'm sure feel some type of way about the way I think they had, if I'm not mistaken, they had a big lead yeah, on they the did. and then let it yep. get away. Uh, beat them. I'm going to take Wisconsin Lutheran just because I think that's one of those teams you're going to have a really tough time beating three times uh, in a season. And, and Wisconsin Lutheran, a little younger, probably getting better as the season wore, wore, wears on, a little more upside maybe. Um, you know, Pewaukee's got more of those guys have, have already arrived. Um, and, and I don't think Wisconsin Lutheran has lost since, since that game. And, and, you know, they've been blowing some people out, haven't played a, a ton uh, of top teams, but, but they took it to Brown Deer, who, who's got some talent on it. Uh, Blue Al Pius, who's got some talent on it. Um, yeah, I, I'll take on Alaska over Wisconsin Lutheran, even though I, I do think, <laughs> I do think Pewaukee's the best team. I, 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 I just don't know if it's in the card. I'll, I'll take Pewaukee next. Pewaukee's got everybody back for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be good they next got, year. They, they can win it next year. Alaska's got the seniors, uh, got, you know, one of the best coaches in, in Division II. I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride with them. Right. Um, it's, n- nothing happens if you're wrong, by the way. No, I don't think anyone's going to think anything. Oh, okay. People will tweet at me. <laughs> I do. I, I, don't know if I, it, I don't know if I have that big of a following yet that people are going to start tweeting at you about this. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I do. Um, I don't know. Do we even need to do three, three, four, three, four, five? Let's just assume that what Racine St. Katz is going to win three or was, uh, what's his name from, uh, St. John's going to carry his team the entire way. Uh, I'd go St. Katz. Okay. Um, the problem with, with St. John's, uh, they're good, but they're a lot of times they're, they're two guys. Yeah. And I don't know how far that, that can get I me. Mean, Podzinski you know, we'll keep him in it. He's yeah. going to score, he'll score 40, 50 right. if he has to. Brennan Tim, I, I think he's a really nice player. It shows up every time, but you know, they, they need these, these other guys to, to hit a lot of threes to, to win a type of game like that. Um, St. Cats, I think is going to be too fast, too athletic um, for, for St. John's. I would love to see, you know, yeah. Brandon Ponzinski versus uh, Tyrese Hunter in a, yeah. in a playoff game. That'd be something though. Uh, and then D4, I'm just looking at the rankings. Cuba City, Sheboygan, Lutheran, Prairie School. Yeah, give me Sheboygan, Lutheran. 
Yeah. And then D5. I mean, come on. I don't, I can't even pronounce half these names. Yeah. Nor do I want to. I don't know. I don't know if I know anything about. <laughs> then let's be, not talk about I'd it. Be, I'd be shocked if I had seen one of these teams. It's the only time I'd ever see him if so I go to one of Mark Miller's things and he's got, oh, okay. he's got some small school games, but I wasn't okay. anything this year. Oh, right. I know. Wait a minute. Hust, I like Hustisford. I'll, I'll just ride it. I, I know the Dylan Keel kid, probably okay. the best player. And I'll just take a shot in the dark. Hustisford. Right. That works. I don't even pick anyone. Um, where are you at for? Uh, where do you get to go for these games? I'm going to Baraboo on Tuesday. For there's two games. Um, Middleton and Verona are playing, and then some Curry Oregon. Okay. My son cooperates. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Hopefully, you have an understanding. I've been, I've, 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 been, I've been gone to any any games all week. I haven't been able to get a hang of this thing yet. So, so you, is it there. is it going to be a? Uh, well, God, you're going to really have to make up your mind on uh, on Saturday. You're going to have Tulsa Brookfield. You're going to have Kimberly Nina. You're going to have Cedarburg Falls. No, don't don't count your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> I already, I always do. People, I'm very, very confident when I, when my people beliefs. get upset this time of year. So That's we'll, true. We'll, we'll see. Uh, what were the three options you said? If it comes down to it, well, you've got it'll be Kimberly Nina, Cedarburg, and Falls, and then Tosa East and one of the Brookfield teams. Oh, see, I've seen Tosa East play. I, I'll probably go Kimberly Nina. Okay, I wasn't. I wanted to go to that matchup, but uh, I had to be. Um, the second one, uh, I didn't know if, uh, he might get born early. So I had to stay. Oh, I, couldn't, okay. I couldn't do our, our 45 drive. Yeah. Just in case it was the week of. So you'll go to games Tuesday. You're going to go to games Friday night. I'm assuming too then. Yeah. I'm going to try and get a game every night. Okay. Well, I, I you assume you got to go to central East, don't you? On Friday, the Brookfield battle. I saw that matchup already. I, it depends. Yeah, but now it, depends. it means something. It depends what else is is going on. Or uh, you could, or you could drive up and go to Seymour and watch Mason Dorn. I could. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I have to do that. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it'll be worth your while. I got to see who they're playing. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know how the teams that they're playing are even going to be. We played them. I mean, you know, Kimberly played them. We beat them by like you know twenty or thirty, but. Um, that's not, I guess, a total shock, but he's, yeah. If you get a chance to watch him, watch him. But it's great now this year. I mean, the one thing that's, you know, it sucks about this pandemic. The one thing that's good about it is that all these games for the most part are online. You know, you yeah. can just, you don't have to go anywhere. You can just sit down and watch yeah. and watch on to your TV. I need, I need, a, I need to see it in person though. I've yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so hard to tell sometimes. Um, it's it, watching the live streams, obviously different than watching a highlight tape where people, you're not going to show oh. you their, their weaknesses, but you know, just getting a, a feel for how big somebody is, how they move. Yep. Uh, you, know, you just can't get that uh, online sometimes, or even, you know, how he's being defended. You know, I, I don't know if that shows up as well as, as it does in, in person sometimes. And, you know, some of the stuff and, and then fate, you know, how they, how they react to off nights. I love going to games where, you know, kids don't play well. Yeah. And, you know, do they get frustrated or, you know, do they do other things that, uh, you know, may not show up in the, in the stat category or, you know, how, how do they react? You know, what do, what do they do when they miss two or three shots in a row? You know, right. I, I just like to see how they react to that stuff. But yeah, it, it has been nice. 
I don't I don't know if I'll ever use it. I think I only watched one game online because it snowed. I was supposed to go up to Xavier uh, and see them, but um, I, I don't see myself using the the live streams going forward, even if that's that's still a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have the option to go, you go. All right. Any other uh, final comments before we uh, end this? We'll talk uh, after, but. If I got my predictions wrong, or I'm sorry. No one's going to care. They're always, they're usually wrong. So if you, if you're not pleased by them, you can, should, you should feel good, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, like you said, a lot of upsets this time of year. Sometimes you don't, Hey, the reality of these, they're, they're 16, 17, 18 year old kids. Sometimes you have no idea what you're going to get with a lot of these kids. And no fans usually levels. Yeah. Playing, well, some fans. Yeah. Usually some levels of playing field in a different way you know this time this yep. time of year yep all right i'm gonna stop recording we'll talk after here um but thanks again as always evan for joining we're gonna do this again at some point i know that but yeah. um all right you guys have been listening to over and back brought to you by the unintentional